0: If we can take away anything from that, it's that, you know, maybe sometimes your first idea isn't your best idea, you know? Like, <laughs> maybe, like, you the know. the
1: summary of this episode. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's knuckle puck time! What the heck kind of a shot was that? You've never heard of a knuckle puck? Whoa! Crack! It's knuckle puck time!
0: Welcome, everyone, to Knuckle Puck Time. <laughs> I'm Andrew Apple. I remain David Hankla. And I'm M- 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 Mark Winsky. This week, Game Changers, Episode 8. It gets real now, guys, because, spoiler alert, they're going to states. And honestly, if you didn't know they were going to states. We're oh, we going to state, baby. Shock. <laughs> y- you kind of had to know. At the beginning, because if they were going to stretch this out over Stop 10 face. episodes and they didn't have the Don't Bothers playing the Ducks in the finals in episode I would have 10. found that fantastic.
1: The Don't Bothers get all the way. They build up. They get. Yeah. They build up right to the edge where they're about to go to states and then they don't make it. Yeah.
0: Well, guys, now we know why last week's episode sucked so much. Because they spent the entire budget on CGI for this episode.
2: (laughs) Let's talk about this cafe scene in Game Changers. Because when uh, Nick gets that hot cocoa, listen, Mm -hmm. we find out so much about Nick. Which is delightful considering Nick is
1: is our favorite character. I think we're all in agreement there. He's delightful. And we've actually learned quite a bit about Nick over the course of this season because he's so delightful that they keep giving him time in every episode. Uh, I mean, he is arguably the center figure of this episode. I mean, it's kind of Alex. It's kind of Evan. But like Nick, Nick is kind of the only person who's like blending into worlds. He's delightful. He's delightful. I'm not sure if he's the A story or the B story. I couldn't decide.
0: No, he he is the B
2: story. Also could be Logan, too, because Logan was also a big part of this episode.
0: What was nice about the B story in this particular episode, since we're already in this, is that we, after last week, I was afraid we had just completely gone off the deep end and it was going to just sort of like slide downhill in the worst possible way. But what ended up happening was we ended up getting a payoff. Like we randomly saw... Logan making pancakes throughout this entire series. And we had no idea why he was making pancakes. And lo and behold, we find out that they had had a plan all along to directly tie this to hockey. And that was amazing. That is really good television writing that harkens Mm -hmm. back to the first season of Arrested Development, which is one of the best Easter egg bits that I have seen on any TV show.
1: Which bit are you referring to? Because rest of Development, the, the whole show is just bringing up long jokes again and again and again in different contexts.
0: The, in, in the first season where they're always like, why does Saddam Hussein's pad look so familiar? Why does his home look yeah. so familiar? And then you find out it's because.
1: Because <laughs> it's it's the same home as theirs, a little yeah. light treason.
0: If there's a good chance I may have committed some
1: light treason.
0: Yeah, Exactly.
2: Yep. <laughs> uh, so there's don't that get us on th- th- that tangent because we could talk about arrested development for literally another 10 podcast episodes, which we might do because why not? Which we might. Yes. Yeah, I mean if, if
1: if our whole goal with this this new tent that we're creating is to delve into nostalgia and how things age and mature, arrested development in the bush years, early 2000s, truly spectacular. Season four, when they brought it back in that weird semi-modern tech Roshamon way, weird, weird. I haven't, watched I haven't it. seen season haven't five, five because I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy season four, and that was a hard crash. Did you watch the
0: re-edited season four out of curiosity? Who re-edited it? Is this a fan thing? No, M- Mitchell Hurwitz, he was like, yeah, I had this initial plan of a choose-your-own-adventure idea. Mm. It, it did not work. So he took the okay. 13 episodes and he recut them into, I think, oh, either 17 or 18 episodes that actually made a lot mm. more sense. And he came out specifically saying, at my core, I am still a capitalist, and I would like to see this get to syndication somehow. <laughs> and then the cast came back and said, there are more episodes, pay us more. And Netflix said, No.
1: Wait, so I'm sorry. Did you just take two minutes of our recording time to tell me that there is a better version of season four that exists and I can't see it?
0: No, I'm telling you there's a better version of season four that exists. And when we're done, you can go watch it on Netflix.
1: Oh, so it is on Netflix. The cast just said there are more episodes and Netflix said we're not paying you for things you already got paid for.
0: Yeah, because they didn't Mm. go back and reshoot anything. He just re-edited, he being Mitchell Hurwitz, the episodes and made them make more sense. And thanks for coming to our game changers <laughs> of podcasting because we have talked
2: about it for literally thirty seconds. Should we even continue? Yeah, let's. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's get into it. Let's get uh, into like, it because you know what? The pancake storyline. Like 10, <laughs> Ten people watch. Ten people are watching the show right now. Three of them are us. And
0: <laughs> you know what? I think we need. I think we need to jump right into. Let's jump into the duck hunt. Yeah. Yeah. all right have um, we actually given any okay. summary of hey, this episode hey, yet in any no. capacity
2: but here's the thing: not we're that not that gonna not give a thing. summary we don't you know need why it. no one's watching it no one's watching the show man i'm gonna be blunt like uh, we might be the only three <laughs> we might possibly
0: no be the only no 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 three people i know for a fact we are not the only three people who are watching this because i have started interacting with other people on youtube lauren does not count reviews Trust me when I say okay. Lawrence the last person who's going to be reviewing anything on YouTube. I love that woman, but that that that's just not her bag. I have however been talking with people who are talking about this on YouTube of which there mm-hmm. are fives and fives of us, dozens. And, <laughs> and I have to give it up niche, to one niche. of them who goes by the name Film Freeway 43 because he has coined a term for Alex that I will be stealing for the rest of the series, and that mm. is referring to her as Mom Bay.
1: Mom Bay, yes. Mom Bay, that's good. That's good, which, borrow. by the way, does tie into my favorite, totally unexpected thing from this episode. Mm-hmm. And again, as anyone who's tuning in now, considering we've now done this is our 11th episode, so yes. if you're expecting no spoilers, go away. Um, but then come back in like 30 seconds because we like like that you're listening. But uh, the fact that the episode ended with Evan saying, you're right, I have to fire my mom. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> didn't. In all of the Mighty Ducks movies and everything, it's always, well, we have to change this person. We have to make them see the, the error of their ways. We have to help them grow. We have to do all these things. In this case, just like, nah, mom, you're fired. Like, love it. Canner. Absolutely love it. Canner. Just great. Mom Bay, cut. Mom Bay is gone Bay. Yeah. <laughs> Mom Bay goes Captain Captain Blood, and then she's gone Bay.
0: Yeah. W- was she Captain Blood, though? Oh, yes, absolutely.
1: I mean, like, they didn't show her being as Pat Riley, slick back, ruthless as Bombay as was. But, uh, I mean, she had this weird kind of tangential Captain Blood where she kept saying, you know, what would Coach T do? He would do this, and then she'd do the thing. And it's like, (laughs) what you're doing is just the exact thing that Coach T would do. It's just a weird, gaslighting, slightly distanced version where it's just like, I'm not not an angry coach. I'm a fun coach. Which is why I'm going to point out to you that if I wasn't a fun coach, I would trash this locker room in exactly this way. Oddly passive-aggressive. Oh, extremely, extremely passive-aggressive. Um, which is why I respected that the response to that was non-passive aggression. It was, yeah, we gotta fire her.
2: Okay. My only duck hunt was because uh, we were talking about duck hunts? Or no?
0: Yes, we are talking about duck hunts. <laughs>
2: <Great.
0: clears throat> um,
2: My one is what David brought up last week about Duckworth. And now I
0: see it every time. (laughs) Okay, but help me out, because David, you would probably remember this. Duckworth Law Firm was originally like three names, because as we know, most LLPs, limited liability partnerships have the name of all of the different partners in it, or at the very least the founding partners. So it was like Duckworth Stern and Holmes or something like that and now it's just the Duckworth Duckworth law firm. So what happened to the other guys? Or did Duckworth break off and start his own firm after he was I don't know ceremoniously destroyed for firing Gordon Bombay? who was the Minnesota miracle man. I don't know these things.
1: I can't imagine any person being destroyed and removed from a law firm and then going on to create a law firm with the exact same branding name that then gets bigger. That doesn't really happen. You have to change your branding up. You have to do some some different things.
0: Yeah, because um, in the first one, it was Ducksworth, Saver, and Gross.
1: Okay. Well, um, I assume that Sabre and Gross died.
2: With Jan <laughs> and Hans.
1: Exactly. They're all off visiting Mama.
2: <laughs> but Where's Duckworth's ice touch touches the ice, huh? Where well, was I his? would assume that that guy we were. He sponsored were just... the damn team. He sponsored the damn team and t- didn't get a plaque? Nothing? I mean, he, he got a jersey.
0: But now but... the sponsor is Hendrix. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah, they're not. You don't have carryover sponsorships; that doesn't exist. You get your season, and then they were done. So he got his original Ducks jersey. You're right.
2: You're right.
1: Which I imagine is probably still framed in the office somewhere as a you know a a moment of this is the importance of the Ducksworth name. You know, this institution here in Minnesota. We began that. You know, that rich people way of claiming things. Um, But yeah, I, I could see Ducksworth as being the kind of guy who would also have a son who was a lawyer who in all likelihood wouldn't want to stick around to compete with his father. So it would go off somewhere else. But as he got older would be like, son, someone needs to take over the law firm. So his son would just come back in and be the new Ducksworth. In which case, Saber and Gross just die. Their names leave the mantle, which happens
2: all the time with law firms. And maybe Alex gets on sometime. Who knows?
0: This is assuming that we get a season two, which is not at all certain at this point. Like, by this point, after The Mandalorian had had this many episodes, it had already been picked up for season two. I think even season three at that point. So, it's... It's not looking great. Which which is hard, because I do find this series to be enjoyable. Like... I recognize exactly what it is. It's like a healthy dose of nostalgia. It's not Mm -hmm. too, like, powered by high fructose corn syrup. There's enough meat there that they have created an actual TV show that's more than just, hey, hey, remember this? Remember this? And I'm glad they're doing it. I hope it gets a second season. Mm-hmm. I I hope that we get to continue talking about it. But I also know it's, at best, 50-50, you know? It's like, it's... Uh, Give
2: Nick a spinoff. Give Nick a spinoff. Disney, Disney, Disney. Give that kid any contract he wants.
1: Mighty if Ducks. My I'm putting
2: moms. it out there. Watch out for this kid. Yeah, watch out. What is his, what's his name? We know him as Nick, but Nick. what's his?
1: His name is Nick.
2: <laughs> He'll always be Nick, and that's it. Always, um, in our
1: hearts. He'll win mil- multiple Oscars, and we'll go, oh, Nick.
2: I think he's going to last. Like, his, I mean, if he would like to keep acting, that is, he's, oh, he's going to get calls. He's, yeah. Not just a good child actor, he's a good actor.
1: The actor's name is uh, is Maxwell Simpkins. But yeah, I mean, like, you look through this cast, and obviously, Lauren Graham will keep doing whatever Lauren Graham wants to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Islam, who plays Coob, he's going to go on and do some great things. We can all kind of generally assume that. Yep. Uh, Brady Noon who plays Evan Morrow he's already done a bunch of stuff and I expect will keep doing things if again if he chooses to continue to be a child actor which he seems pretty committed to uh, beyond that I would like to see Bella Higginbotham who plays Lauren I'd like to see her do something I could see Kiefer O'Reilly who plays Logan do something um, maybe to John Watts I don't know like if you look at who from this cast really pops Coob being able to sing that way immediately stands out. Nick stands out. That's it. Everyone else, like, I like them. I like the characters. I like the show. I like the dynamic. But they, they cast the show so well that every character brings something to the table that doesn't overpower anyone else. Nick just happens to be so funny that he shines through over the rest, though what he's bringing to the table is the same. It's like when someone shows up for... For Thanksgiving and their sweet potatoes everyone's just like holy these are phenomenal sweet potatoes and we forget about the turkey
0: I don't know well bringing it back to this particular episode I think Nick did no wrong but was I the only one who found it slightly annoying that Nick's mom's hashtagged putting fun first like that I that, that that shouldn't be a thing. You don't put a hashtag on a T-shirt.
2: You do if you're a Minnesota mom.
0: I just feel like th- this
2: is our our like four a.m. college paper kind of episode where <laughs> we're like we're almost done. Let's let's just put the
0: <laughs> if nothing else. And I think this is very true of Disney shows in general, Disney projects in general, is that the bad guy in their modern storytelling usually has at least a legitimate reason that they are doing what they're doing. Like, if this were the 90s, it was very black and white. Like, good guy, bad guy. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Simba was the good guy. Scar was the bad guy. Aladdin was the good guy. Jafar was the bad guy. But ever since we've gotten into the age of... Avengers, Thanos has been the character where people are sort of like, you know, I don't agree with his methods, but I kind of see his point. Like, you know, we his are...
1: methods were stupid. Yes, Do you know how much the human population on this planet has exploded in the last twenty years at all. If he eliminated every like half the people on the planet, he'd have to come back every twenty five years and just keep freaking doing <laughs> it.
0: Really <laughs> stupid. That was my frustration, too, when I sat down and thought about it. It's like, mm-hmm. your problem is that you can do anything and your response is to get rid of people when you could just increase the natural resources? Just
1: increase the resources. Increase the resources. <laughs> Appoint 40 people on the planet to be wizards who can grow food out of the ocean air. Like, it doesn't matter. Just literally, just, just, just be a god. Be God and just make life better. No, it won't happen then.
0: Beheading. <laughs> if we can take away anything from that, it's that, you know, maybe sometimes your first idea isn't your best idea. You know, like <laughs> maybe like, you know,
1: summary of this episode. <laughs> oh,
2: it's like, so, yeah. Uh, can we just jump in into a penalty box? I'm ready. Andrew. The penalty hey.
0: box? This don't make no sense. Go for it, Mark. What do you got? So,
2: the penalty box. Going back to Alex and her, she was like the mean coach. She turned into all this. I wanted to see the return of the return of Captain Blood. I wanted that line in there so badly and it didn't happen. Um also is what Logan did a legal hockey move? Can you pick up a puck? Yeah. Like yes. Like that.
0: You, you can. Well, yeah. I've seen yes. it as, done. As
1: long as it is on your stick then yeah.
0: The rules specifically state that as long as it is on the ice or on your stick, you are fine. The only thing that you are allowed to do other than that is if the puck ends up in the air, you can legally swat it down back towards the ice with okay. your glove. Other than that, it's pretty so much fair stuff game.
2: that Dwayne, Dwayne right, in, in D2 did
0: was still legal then? Yes.
1: Yeah, totally
2: fine.
0: What was not, not legal was putting Russ in as the goalie Yes. without uh, announcing it or letting him take off his mask without stopping the game.
1: It was also magical that somehow he was able to completely change into full goalie pads that quickly.
2: Yeah, you mean when, when uh, what's his name goes? The goalie! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good moment. Oh, my goodness. Just, I wanted to care about Logan's story more. I wanted to care more. The heartfelt conversation, though beautiful, with Nick, I just didn't believe it. I wanted to believe it more. That's it. It's, it's that. hard to
1: care about the suffering of hot people. <laughs> it is. I mean, as, as was Nick's entire point the entire episode. Oh, Logan, look at you. Life is, for the most part, pretty good for you. Things just kind of happen for you in positive ways. You can just ask people for something, and of course they're going to say yes, which to back this up is pretty much exactly what happened with Bombay that Logan was bummed. So Bombay said, sure, I may be a curmudgeon who chooses not to back up. Oh, anyone, but I'll take some of the extra time that I have to give you individual one-on-one coaching. Yes, we know that Bombay is coming out of his shell. He is becoming classic Bombay uh, at increased speeds again, but that was above and beyond. And for an episode where the B story is based around insecurities between two kids, where one uh, feels like he finally has a win and the other one who gets wins in every capacity doesn't for the one who gets wins in every capacity, except the space where it matters, uh, except outside his family, which we find out later, which is awkward, but in visible external life where everything just comes easily to him. That fact is, is reaffirmed by the fact that A slight mope in the locker room immediately. A man who, according to his Wikipedia page, is a Hall of Fame hockey coach, just decides to give him some extra one-on-one attention. Eh. It's hard to feel bad for hot people.
2: (laughs) And 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 nobody else gets that attention except nobody else. No one. You know, you'd think, hey, Coob, I just
1: threatened your life in the previous episode by giving you almost a heart attack about breaking ice. Maybe I should spend some time teaching you how to do, you know, techniques instead of just having faster feet. You'd think, or hey, Maya, Lauren, both of you seem surprisingly tough. Maybe I could teach you how to hit people in ways that would maximize your body mass and how it, you know, impacts with other people. I mean, you go on the list and every one of them has a superpower. Maybe he will. We only got two episodes left. And they're they're already going to States. I mean, I guess he is about to become their coach.
2: (laughs) I mean, that's the implication, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. If I could take a moment to have sort of an anti-penalty box moment, as frustrating as last week's episode was, I did enjoy all the slow-mo footage this week, all the CGI footage of the game montages. I thought that that was actually really well done, including all the hits that that were done in slow motion. Um. But I feel like just in general, this episode completely bamboozled us because I don't know about you, but for me, when Nick pulled the fast one on Coach Bay and got... Trixie! Pulled
1: a sneaky on me.
0: And we we get Logan on the ice and the play works and they win. You know, it's like, oh, yay, yay. We're so happy. And, you know, boo, boo bay for, you know, trying to do... Uh, what, what she did. But then you take a step back and we are literally falling into the same trap we've fallen into previously because we are cheering the Ducks for relying on the trick play with the admittedly least talented member of the team where the coach who everyone is supposed to be listening to is making the logical choice having the Fulton Reed character do a slap shot. Like that is the logical choice. And yet here we are being like, boo, mom, Bae, boo. How do they keep doing this to us?
2: But why is she looking at his phone during the last minute of the game? She's
1: a bad coach. Like <laughs> Bombay, Bombay yeah. is not a good coach. So when things happen, mom because Bombay doesn't actually pay attention. We don't feel bad for Bombay because Bombay might actually be a hindrance just as Bombay was, frankly, the reason why I felt nothing. But but kind of satisfaction in that moment uh, of Alex being extremely upset was. um, uh, The whole thread of this episode was that Alex was like, oh, yeah, we're putting fun first. Well, putting fun first is letting every player on your team play and letting the kid who has been working really hard to maybe do something, try and yeah. That means you might lose. That's part of the point. So her going, no, we can't let everyone play. We have to just do this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, this is the eventual payoff of if you're saying that the team motto is putting fun first and you stop putting fun first, there
2: will be mutiny. Captain Blood dies. It's part of the plot. Pat Riley, mom, mom, bay, whatever, right? Again, I didn't care. I didn't care that she I mean, I she don't, was I pissed. Don't, I'm
1: unbothered by hypocrites being embarrassed. That's the thing. Like when, when Bombay became Captain Blood, he was openly Captain Blood, and that was what Hendrix wanted him to be. They wanted him to be more professional. They wanted him to you know, straighten up and be more ruthless because the team had to win because if the team didn't win, then he lost his job. So... Bombay's transition to Captain Blood, though unacceptable in the lexicon of the Ducks are here to have fun and they're much happier people when they're happy. Like, but we're all happier people watching and they're better players when they are happy. Uh, here, the whole mantra of the team was always, we don't really care if we win. It'd be fun to win, but what we're here to do is to play hockey with no consequences. That's the whole framework. So for her to abandon that is pure hypocrisy it is it is her deep insecurities coming forward of oh my god i i got a win over stephanie and then i got another win over stephanie in in the the law firm scene in this episode so suddenly this person who's been kind of kicking me and keeping me down forever who's continuously talking down to me suddenly this person's intimidated by me so you know what I'm going to run with this incredible ego feeling and I'm going to do whatever it takes to just keep feeding it like, like an old timey train just shovel coal into that furnace. And I, I don't care when that person loses. I don't care if your whole reason for doing everything you do is ego over another person. I want to see you get punched in the face. I do. Because you're becoming the jerk. Yep. So that's why I really liked the ending where it's not, I'll talk to my mom. It's got to fire my mom. Just like cold, to the point. Nope. We already tried doing the conversation. She's not coming back. She's off the reservation. Time to burn this bridge and move on. That I liked. I liked. In general, I found this episode entertaining. It was very efficient. The fact that we, over the previous seven episodes, got through like, four games, maybe five. And in this one episode, we burned through seven. Like that's just, that's pure efficiency. Every character had at least a brief moment that was entertaining. I liked the whole C story about the socks because that's funny. I thought Coob putting a sock that he'd been wearing every game for Uh, I guess, what was it, nine games straight, him putting that in his goalie mask so it was sitting on top of his head was one of the grosser things I've seen in a Disney movie, and I liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. This episode had a lot of things that I generally enjoyed. It was an efficient episode. And I think without that that dropping line at the end, I would have been much less satisfied in the aftermath because – it was it was clean. It was forward. It was right to the point. And the whole point of this episode was the B story. It was that no matter what happens, even if we lose everything, we're all playing this to look out for each other because we're all misfits who are all on some level broken and lonely. So Nick. Intentionally risking their season to give Logan a shot to be happy. That's the point. So, of course, we're going to cheer for them. And not for Alex. And of course, we're going to feel happy when Nick says, sorry, uh, when Evan says, I got to fire my mom. Like, she's lost the plot. She went, yeah, momped in blood. Except worse, because she's a hypocrite about it. I wanted to see it called out directly. I wanted to see Bombay at some point, just look at her and go, you know, I've done this, right? She's like, what? Be a coach? He goes, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I've been there. It didn't work out. Yeah. (laughs)
1: I literally, like, I've been there. And if not for, like, if not for a teacher who just happened to be there the game day of the game, my team would have been kicked out of the good uh, Junior Goodwill Games. Here, have a duck whistle. Like, you had the setup. The duck whistle has to be there somewhere. We joked about it in the last episode. He still has it. He spent all day wandering Los Angeles to find it. <laughs> He's got it somewhere. There's no way he lets that go. It's probably bronzed on his wall. Which would be really funny if he handed her a plaque like, I've been saving this for 25 years to remind me that it's important to stay humble. I don't think it actually works anymore because I had it bronzed. Um, Like, There's a lot of possible setup there which also helps save her going forward. If anything, actually, I wonder if the declaration that I have to fire my mom is some implication that she might be leaving the show or toning it back to becoming a secondary character.
2: I don't know so 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 I agree with David wholeheartedly that this episode was very it was good I I felt very clean afterwards I'm like great compared to last week mm-hmm. where it was a dumpster fire uh, and that's so putting nice. it lightly uh, this week felt good it felt good to have the team back together Mm -hmm. as a team Mm -hmm. and seeing what you said, like seeing a team mentality that every player matters and no one player is more important. And it was great to see that. Um, A quick thought, if she happens to be fired, which it looks like she is, I don't, I'm almost feeling like Bombay isn't going to be the coach. I I think it could be a past Duck player who knows Duck things, possibly. I don't know. That'd be cool, though. I
0: would be very surprised to see how they could make this show work without Bombay, because it's... It, Bombay is the anchor between the past and the present. Yes. And if you lose that, what then do you really a have?
1: Show. Right. It's a totally different show
2: at that yeah, point. Yeah, I, I, I hear that. I understand all that. I think I just want some... I, I do want a
0: twist. I love a good well, twist. Well, I think like, what you God. want... A twist! What, what it sounds like you actually want, Mark and I can at least see where you're coming from, even if I don't necessarily agree, is I think that you want this cast to have something stronger to work with because everyone in this cast is fantastic. This young cast that we have, they are really talented actors. They are very good as an ensemble, but the problem that we're running into is that they are anchored by something that started 30 years ago. And on one hand, the only reason we're paying attention is because of what happened 30 years ago. But on the other hand, it would be good to see this cast be able to break the mold without it becoming this whole other thing, because the comparisons that you see to this the fuller houses the cobra kais uh the will and grace reboot the the murphy brown reboot like all of these things live or die by how well they take what was done in the past and reimagined for the present so cobra kai works really well murphy brown did not work all that well Here. It's weird because it feels like even though all the pieces are ultimately there, we keep jumping on the fact that it feels like something is missing. And this is why it's so much easier to criticize than it is to create because I can't put my finger on it right now. But I can tell it's there. You know, it's like it's like when someone who doesn't know how to sing. Here's a really bad performance. They might not know why the person's a bad singer, but they know that person's a bad singer.
1: I think my biggest issue with how this series seems to be progressing right now is that it's revenge. Mm. If you're going to say that it's a show about just having a lot of fun and how just not treating things as seriously and really just being happy
2: yeah
1: is what makes you better like okay cool then we should have run with that and we should have accepted that they were never going to make states but they were going to get to play the ducks one more time and maybe they tie the ducks and they still don't go to states but something where you can see that if you're really happy and you really know and trust each other as a team then you know what you're not gonna you're not gonna win but you might That's Rocky it and take it right. In. Right, right. Yeah. Instead, now they're going to That's States and they're setting saying, it up that they're gonna beat the Ducks. And this entire episode, though it was enjoyable, undid hey. wow. all of the goodwill. they will will beat the Ducks? Be maybe, maybe are not, I don't know. Ducks? If
0: they are setting it up the way that it appears to be set up, one of two things is gonna happen. Either it is, either they're gonna beat the Ducks and this is gonna be a one and done series, or they're not going to beat the Ducks and that's going to lead us into season two, because it only makes yeah. sense that the stakes get raised in season two by having them lose at the end of season one.
1: And, and that again, like that's logical.
0: David's right. Like wanting
2: yeah. to beat this team takes away from the, from the entire message of, of art. Like they are artists in hockey Form, where they're playing they're soul skaters like team Pup and Suds right and now it's uh
1: yeah they've now become a real team with real talent
2: yeah and uh, which know, it's just it's kind of a mess just makes them a mediocre team like without that part, right. they're just kind of like another team and i don't care <laughs>
1: Right. I mean, if if this was a, hey, we don't like the way you treat the ducks, so we're going to create our own team. And then in this episode, they coached them like the ducks for at least seven weeks, if not eight, because there's seven games that we see. So the whole logic of, no, we're just doing this to have fun. And by having fun, people will get better because they'll learn to love the game and trust and love each other. And then you get to play and be creative and magical things can happen. Instead, we started that way and then we created the ducks in terms of the modern team, not the, hey, we're having fun and improvising and doing lots of cool, goofy chaos kind of situations. They just created the ducks mark II, who are worse. So I don't. It doesn't feel right because it's, it's become a show about we're better than you, which means that in the beginning, Evan getting cut from the ducks All he's wanted was to beat the Ducks. He wanted to be better. He wanted that opportunity, which means that the reason that he brought the rest of the team together, at least on the surface, is a lie. And that sucks. That sucks. Um, I liked this episode when I first watched it, but the more I'm talking about it, the more I feel like it has actually undermined almost everything that we've cared about this season. So, yeah. Good. I'm glad that they're firing Alex, because... She undid all of the goodwill that we'd earned, and I don't really understand why the other parents were okay with this.
0: Because parents are stupid. I mean, I parents mean, just don't yeah, understand. but parents
1: also pay attention. I mean, if I am, this is a weird stretch for me, but like, uh, if Nick's moms are so excited about Nick having scored and the team being better and this all being really wonderful. To the level that they hashtag a t-shirt and then get her the hashtag on a coffee mug. And see Alex, being the her I was just talking about, um, go and do an interview talking about putting fun first. And then suddenly your son is doing two-a-days where squishy little podcast body Nick is coming home so tired that he's passing out. So he can't be there for family scrabble night and everything else. I'm going to notice that as a mom, I'm I'm immediately going to be like, what is going on? I thought I thought these were, you know, three practices a week. And the whole point was that you were having fun. Yeah, but we're trying to make it to states. Is that what you all want to do? It'd be cool. Yeah, but is that what you want to do? Uh, When did you guys decide that you were going to be a really intense team? That doesn't seem like putting fun first. Like, that's that's what parents notice. Parents notice when their children's behavior changes, and they figure out what caused that. So, this you is a weird episode. You were not
0: raised by sports parents, were you?
1: I mean, I played the sport every season through high school.
0: Then, then you clearly had very different parents, because the sports parents that I saw... hmm they were much more concerned with seeing their children become essentially smaller better versions of themselves okay, and if they are winning sure. it's the very next, easy to are look not the other sports way sports parents though
2: right
1: right that's the point like, like sophie's parents we see parents. sophie's parents be like oh my god you're winning this is how you make it better yeah the whole point is none of these kids are sports kids of sports parents. Logan has a whole discussion with Bombay in this episode where Bombay says, Why do you have all this professional gear if you don't know how to use it? And he said, Things were really rough when my parents split up. So and since they couldn't figure out what to do, they just bought me great stuff. You know, I have a world class guitar and I don't know how to play it. Like, that's the parents he has. Those are not sports parents. Sports parents get their kids the gear that is appropriate to their level or they get them gear that is way inappropriate for their level and then push their kids to earn it. These are non-sports kids with non-sports parents who suddenly have kids who are competing potentially for states and are doing two-a-days during the school year? Like, I just... When are these two-a-days also? Because the two days that I remember having, you woke up at five in the morning to practice. There's just there's a lot of issues here that I didn't really see when I first took my notes on it because I thought like yeah this episode is just you know kind of efficient and fun and clean, and no like this this episode kind of undermines
2: hypocritical of of the entire season yeah it it
1: yeah so so now episode nine has to dig itself out of the episode eight hole, but no this this whole episode was just. It undid seven episodes of Goodwill. And Bombay not calling her on it. All he had to do was, you know, let let this happen for four games, five games of the seven. Maybe even it's six games, and you're going into the seventh game. And Bombay, she's like, come on, you come into the game? And he just goes, no. Goes, Why? And he goes, because you've completely undermined Look everything. At yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Look at yourself. Yeah, yeah. Look at yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, give me a Bombay speech. And yes, she could be that's what it, is. it needed a Bombay speech to slap her back around be like, I've been through this before. Like I almost lost my job as coach of Team USA Hockey because I went so serious about things. These kids are here because they love hockey, because they want to have fun. And yes, winning is fun. But know what's more fun than winning? Fun.
2: <laughs> yeah, give me the same story that they did. Maybe right. they're down going into the third period and she goes into the locker room apologizes they're a team again exciting and then they win and, on a team. Yes.
0: Well, okay, and yes. and uh, th- this True. is where actually I think we can segue into the fact that we have to remember up until the past 7 episodes we had been dealing with movies. Now we are dealing with a TV show. It is perfectly possible we will get exactly what it is that you just described. In fact, I sincerely hope we do, but it will be somewhere within the next two episodes.
1: I get what you're saying, and I get that as a potential pacing for TV shows. Having had this discussion, and I don't really quit on anything, especially when I'm close to the end. My currently existing level of indignation with how completely this episode undermined everything else, if I was not already committed to watching this whole season, I would hesitate to watch the next episode, because this episode so thoroughly undermined everything that came before it. And that's the thing. It's not even like it did it unintentionally. It consciously did it. You know, the fact that Alex is doing these interviews talking about putting fun first, you know, that's the importance. And underneath she is doing the opposite. The plot of this episode is undermining everything that they value. They made uh, they made hypocrisy and negation of our investment into a plot point. I'm offended by that.
2: Okay? You're not wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. And again, like I don't think maybe people wouldn't normally process that. In when I watched the episode and took my notes I thought, "Ah, oh, this was a better episode than last week." But something just kept itching. And it took talking to you guys for me to realize, "Oh, what itched was that it was broken." So, I get your argument, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. Like it's they negated why we care. And well, that's a problem.
0: Then I, I I guess that that's the the place to leave it, albeit on a, a a sad note. So
1: I hope that you are right, Andrew, and the next episode they redeem themselves, that they bring it back in some way where we get to see a real Bombay style speech, where we get to see Alex apologize to the team, where we get to see them really coalesce as a strong team. I hope that you are right, and we have those redemptions. But this was this was a pretty big this was a violation of trust actually like you can have screw-ups nick went and did a practice with the ducks and had to earn the faith back and that's fine characters are flawed when a character not only makes a mistake but continues to make the mistake and then increase the level of mistake for seven weeks and we just burn through it that's not making a mistake that is failing So that's a big hole that they now have to dig their way out of with two episodes left, which takes away from their ability to really make this ending as satisfying as they want it to be. And that sucks, especially if the show ends after one season.
2: Yeah, the only thing just quickly, last thing, like the only thing we had was the heart camaraderie and just joy of this team. And now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not all lost. They're still joyful. They're still this. But now they're also good hockey players going against.
1: Right. They, they tried to paper over the idea that, oh, yeah, maybe we're winning because we're doing two-a-days when we're 12. By saying, oh, yeah, we're wearing lucky socks. No. No, you're winning because you're practicing a ton you're winning because you are working harder than anyone else to be better than everyone else. That's why you're winning. They just threw the whole sock thing in there to try and be like, ha ha, isn't it fun? We're still bad, right? This is lucky. It's
2: amazing. Ha. No. Which would have been fine if they were having fun doing those things, right. but they weren't. Right. <laughs> they no. were not right.
0: enjoying that.
2: No. Um, yep. Andrew, anything to close this
0: out? I mean, I, I'm just very sad right now, so I'm going to play a fun sound effect.
1: I was expecting a different sound effect. I don't know what I was expecting, but that was not the one I was
2: expecting.
0: How about this?
2: What else you got on there?
0: Yeah.
1: Aww. That's the winner. Well, that- made me feel a little better and with that he's andrew apple
2: (laughs) (laughs) i'm andrew apple i'm david hankler and i'm david i'm mark winsky
0: (laughs) (laughs) we'll see you next time